A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. I am dealing with a personal problem. Okay. And we're well, gonna... <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean... What do you mean? You're dealing with a personal problem. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> there. I like that better. I'm not even going to ask questions. I'm going to accept that correction that's to your so statement. strange. Yeah. My personal problem is my incredible rugged beard. Oh, that's your problem. Yeah. Okay. I've grown a beard (laughs) and I'm bragging about it because it's radio and nobody can double check to see if I'm telling the truth about how rugged it is. I've never had a beard. It's a good beard. You've grown it. You know, it's nice and fluffy. It is. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. I'm sick of it being fluffy. I don't know what grooming things I need to do. Got to get like beard wax. Do I need wax? I don't know. Like what kind of wax? That's what my big question is. Well, they make like mustache wax. Do I? Does that mean I have to make it handlebarish? I don't want to do you that. Have to. I just want it shiny and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is it is like kind of real fuzzy. I'm assuming it's a fuzzy stage. I and think it's a it, fuzzy stage. Once that grows out, yeah, you know. So that is one of the problems. I got to figure out what I need to do. The other bigger thing is I'm not sure that I'm. I, I like how it looks. I think. You know, but for, you're not to, used to it. Well, I'm not used to it, for one thing. So I scare myself sometimes when I'm not thinking about it. And I see myself in a mirror. Oh my gosh. I, I think I'm somebody else. And I wonder why this other person <laughs> is in my bathroom with me. That is really freaky. But the bigger <sighs> thing is there's a food problem. I'm collecting a lot of food. Yeah. Well, yeah. Beards kind of... <laughs> are really unsanitary. There's like articles about how oh, gross they actually are. I know. I'm wondering about that. The drooling at night. It never hits my pillow anymore. <laughs> It's oh my god! Way it's more just, info than anybody yeah, else wanted. in your beer. Well, the other thing is that there's so much gray in it. I look like I'm 75 years old, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Nothing with wrong with that. But when you're not 75, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. And then, but 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 I know if I shave it, I'm going to look like I'm eight. We'll see. How do I you find don't that? Say gray. You say silver. It's gray. Th- oh, it's silver. It's silver. Okay. Is that make it better? Cool. Yeah. Does that make it better? Anyway, I don't think you've got any answers for me, do you? You'd help me with the wax. Yeah. I need to wax my beard a little more. It'll make me slippery, too, right? Maybe it'll shed the drool then. Like, it won't be able to soak in. (laughs) Yeah, it'll just wick right off into my pillow. Anyway, uh, there's no answers to be had. I'll keep looking. If I find the answers, I'll let you all know. that there's an internet hack out there, though. Right, and that's what we want to talk about right now. Thank you for making that really smooth transition. Right. Hacks, internet hacks. There's there's so many crazy, ridiculous internet you hacks. You get trapped with these because they're so ridiculous and you know that they're so ridiculous and you, you keep watching. I do. I and keep... then the internet shows you more of them because it, it thinks you like it. Right. My entire Facebook feed, yeah. whenever I go there, the, the few times that I do, it's just full of these ridiculous videos that make me mad. Yeah. But I watch <laughs> the whole thing because I'm so mad. It's so dumb. Oh, it's so funny. So yeah, I keep getting fed more and more of them. Well, anyway, I was tooling around the internet and I ran into a paint tips mm-hmm. article that was paint tips from the pros and I thought you know what let's check this out yeah it could be good because other people are checking this out it's a popular article 
And I thought, let's let's see what's what they've got to say. And it was stunning. The very first one was ridiculously stupid. And I thought, this is so sad. These are paint tips from the pros that people supposedly who, yeah. right that that you know DIYers trying to get a, right. a firm handle on how to tackle a project. They'll go and they'll find an article. Yeah. They'll read this and they'll think it's it's legit. And this very first one was ridiculous. And, and people do it, though. They I do mean, it. you saw it all the time working in the paint store. People come in with holes pounded into the can. We'll, we'll explain what right, that yeah, is. Right, holes yeah. pounded into the can. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. The problem that the article is trying to fix is that age-old problem of paint in the rim mm-hmm. of the can. You know, you, you pour it into the, your tray or whatever. You clean your brush off on your rim of the can as you're working, and paint collects there. Right. Then you put the lid on. Because most of us just put that lid on without even cleaning any of that out. I guess, yeah. I guess that's what they're saying. And then we just whack away with a hammer or a mallet. So it sprays everywhere. Sprays everywhere. You get it in your eyes, in your mouth, all of those places. So how do you fix that? Well, like Haley said, you put holes in the can. That's the recommendation. Yeah. You go and you take a little nail and a hammer and all along the inside the rim, the lip of that can, you pound these holes. In the article, they're using a five-in-one tool. That I can't even imagine using right. for that. It's a, it's a painter tool that's a, like a putty knife. A roller cleaner. It's got a little curve right, to it. Yeah. A big long point yeah. that's used to clean out, you know, open up cracks and stuff, so you can spackle them. They're taking that point and then tapping on the other end with a hammer and driving that point into this rim. And to they're create arguing these. too that it'll seal after this. Well, that's they're the saying thing. the paint will drain through the holes and then you can still close the can and it will seal. Here's the scoop. That just doesn't work. We've seen that in the store at Repcolite for years. When I worked at the Lakewood store. You'd get these cans in. People would want you to shake them up. You yeah, know, I'm going to start painting and... again. And you open it up sometimes. And the paints, you know, it doesn't sound right. So you open it up and, well, it's all dried up inside. Yeah. So many times you'd find holes around the rim. So air was getting in because of those holes. Other times we wouldn't catch that and we'd throw it into the shaker and it'd spray all over the place because there still isn't a tight seal. And because of those exactly. holes, paint will spray everywhere. Yeah. It's just a horrible way to go and do that. So... Don't do what the article is saying. Don't no. pound holes in those rims. Well, don't get paint in the rim to begin with. There's ways around that. Right. So yeah, that's what we want to get to is the right way to fix it. And yeah. like Haley's saying, don't get paint in there in the first place. We've, so when you're pouring it into your paint tray, how do you prevent that, Haley? We've got pour spouts. They're specifically made for this exact purpose, to avoid getting paint in the rim of the can. I love them. They're super inexpensive. They're bright yellow, so you can't lose them. And you can use them over and over again in either a gallon or a quart size. You can even cram them to make them fit on a pint if you need to. That's brave. It's a stretch, yeah. but you can do it. They're normally right at the register. Ask about them in the store. You should just always have a couple of those. Definitely. Makes makes it so much easier. You're pouring out of that. You've got a great spout to pour from. Wipe the paint off of that. Pop that uh, pour spout off and the whole rim is clean. Exactly. You don't have to worry about holes because you don't have paint in there in the first place. Now, another reason that people get paint in the rim is because of their dipping the brush in. We can all picture this. Mm-hmm. And then we squeegee off one side along that rim, right? Because yeah. that's how we think this is the right way to load a brush. Yep. And that loads paint into the rim. Well, there's two things here. First off, you shouldn't be Ideally, working out of the can. Working out of that can where all your paint is. You know, think about it as 
you know, I, I talked about this once before is poisoning the water hole is what that is. Yeah. You know, your paint is the source. You know, you've got that gallon and that's all the paint you've got for this project. Let's right. say if you're dipping into that, if you pick something up while you're brushing, like especially a cobweb outside, or something. Yeah. I've done that so many times where I'm brushing and I didn't see something. Mm-hmm. I get into the cobweb and before I've caught myself, dip into the paint. Now the cobwebs in the paint. Yep. And either I need to strain it out or I'm going to be dealing with picking the little chunks off yeah, the wall. Yeah, you get like later. little dirt flakes in the paint surface now. It's just yeah. there's a lot of problems. Don't with it. work out of the the main container. You should right. pour into a smaller container to work out of. We've got uh something by Wooster. It's called the Pelican Paint Pail and it's a quart size it'll hold about a quart of paint. You can yeah. roll out of it even, you know, with a small roller, like a 4-inch yeah, roller. Yeah, they make system. like little inserts for it. Yeah, inserts so it's easy to clean up. It's got a handle strap, it's easy to hold. It's got a little magnet for holding the brush while you're transitioning between brushing and rolling. They're really convenient. Super convenient. Great way to go. That will keep paint out of the rim, you know, cuz you're working out of that bucket. Now, another thing, if you're bound and determined to work out of your quart or your gallon, you got to load the brush the right way. Don't squeegee it on that rim. Exactly. People always have the idea that they've got to get some of that excess paint off the brush before they go to the wall. So you squeegee one side of it off. Really, what you're supposed to do is dip the brush an inch or two into the can or wherever you're going with it and just tap it against the side of the can afterwards so that extra paint will just kind of fall off a little bit and then you can go to the wall you don't squeegee off one side because what you're actually doing is removing most of the paint that you want to take to the wall right you have to go back and forth way more often because you don't actually have much paint on your brush at all. Right. So if you do all of that, that'll keep the paint out of the rim and you're good to go without having to drill holes or do anything silly. Even if you don't do any of those things, though, all you have to actually do is just clean the rim of the can out with the brush before you put the lid back on. Right. And even if you don't do that, you could put the lid back on, but at least drape a rag over top of it. So when you whack it down, there's it's not, not going to spray, spray everywhere. Now, do the things the right way, but for sure, don't pound holes in the rim. That's a mistake. Now, all right, all of that's kind of fun, and we're going to take a break. But before we go to the break, I want to announce, announce. Announce? That's yeah, serious. It feels official. We're going to give away some of the tools that we talked about at the end of the show. So that Pelican paint pail, a set of liners. Yep, the pour spouts. A couple of pour spouts. And a nice brush. And a nice brush. We're going to give away two sets of those to two different people, and we're going to tell you at the end of the show how you could be one of those people. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the 2022 Color of the Year and where to use it We're announcing it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's all next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, every October, every year in October, Benjamin Moore releases their color of the year for the next year. Right. And they yes. also have a, a palette of colors that go with it. Yeah, the and they color call the whole trends. thing yeah, color trends. And we want to talk about that whole 2022 palette, the color of the year and all of that. We've referenced it. A couple of, well, back in October, right when they released it, we referenced it on the show. Yes. But we're going to dig into it a little more here. But before we do that, we want to go over some background information that's important. Right, because some people have the idea that the color of the year is Benjamin Moore's most popular color. Mm -hmm. And that's not really the case at all. (laughs) 
It's really more of a color that they're trying to bring to the forefront of people's minds, right? It could be overlooked, but it's a really great color. And that's important to understand because people will see the color of the year and think, well, that's People don't use that color. Right. A few years ago, it was shadow, right? Which was a purple. Yeah, like a and dark purple. get lots of questions. How is that the most popular color? It's not. It's just, it's a color, like you said, that's been overlooked, perhaps. And also, they're looking at what's coming in the worlds of fashion, design, art, things like that. What are we going to be seeing? Right. Where is everything going? And they try to predict a little bit what colors we might be seeing. Well, yeah. And I think that part's really interesting to try to kind of give a snapshot of what's happening in the world through color. That's the goal, I think. And they did this in a really interesting way this year. They were inspired by a botanical study that one of the designers at Benjamin Moore was doing. And she was really inspired by green and mm-hmm. started to appreciate what green does for floral arrangements and all the potential of it. And that led them to picking October Mist, which is a kind of sage green for the 2022 color of the year. All right. Now, yeah, like you said, it's a sage green. It's a light mid-tone, a little bit of a silver quality. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about, and there's a lot of colors that will do this, but you know, yeah. we talk about neutrals, for example, I right. guess is where I'm going. And a lot of us tend to think instantly when we hear the word neutral, we're thinking of khaki colors and gray, white, right, things like that. But a lot of colors can actually function as neutrals. Yeah, and And green is a perfect one. Green is one, like you said, exactly. And you mentioned already the botanical study. Floral arrangements really demonstrate how green works so well as a neutral. Well, because they really require a certain amount of green foliage to help create the backdrop for those blossoms. I would actually argue that you can tell if an arrangement is kind of amateur if it doesn't have enough green in it. People kind of get really into just putting flowers together. I Mm -hmm. think when we're just doing this on our own, I know I do that. And then I look at it and think it's missing something. And it's really the green. It helps. You've overloaded it with color. Yeah. It makes it chaotic looking. Yeah. And it doesn't have enough balance. That green brings a lot of balance to things. All right. There also is some science to the idea of green acting as a neutral. Yeah. And that really comes from if we think about the spectrum of light, green lands right in the middle. Exactly. So there's something about that middle ground acting as a neutral. Now, the important bottom line to take from all of this is that green has the ability, I think we can sum it up this way, Mm -hmm. green has the ability to play nicely with a lot of different colors, right? Yes. That's exactly what a neutral does. And that's what makes October Mist, this year's color of the year, as we mentioned, so easy to work with and and fun to talk about because we have had years where we've had Caliente, which was a red, a like red. a bright red. Right. How do you how do you walk people through using that? Even um, you know, the purple. And even last year's was like a teal. A little bit of a teal. And it's a little bit of a stretch. This one, super easy to work with no matter where you're going. Right, because it can act as a backdrop to your style no matter what that style is. It's going to play nicely with the different colors that you have in art or accessories, furniture. And that's what I really like about it. Because if you're one of those people that does bring in a lot of color into the space with accessories or furniture like me, Mm -hmm. it can be hard to find colors that can play nicely in that space. It's kind of constraining in that way. So you feel like you have to pick a classic neutral like a gray or a white. And it's why I have mostly white in my house right now still, because it's hard to find colors that work and don't feel like they're 
kind of fighting with the other things in the room. And I keep thinking about greens and I felt a little bit silly, but now I feel totally vindicated. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to be on trend. Yeah. Some people really, that's important. They want everything to be exactly where everybody else is right. at. But yet you can still maintain a lot of individuality because you can keep a lot of what you've got. Exactly. That's what's fun to talk about with this. And so, yeah, if you're in a situation where you're looking at your home, trying to, as we're heading into winter, thinking about redecorating a little bit, maybe this is a starting point. And we mentioned that we've got this whole palette to work with. And it's not just this October mist that's a great color. The whole palette is really a great combination of colors. Yeah, there's 13 other colors in the palette that work alongside October Mist, and I don't think we need to go through all of them, but there are a couple that I want to highlight because Steam was one that they picked, which is an affinity color. It's a part of a smaller collection of Benjamin Moore colors, and it's often overlooked, but honestly, I think this is right up there with White Dove in my mind. I recommend this color all the time. It's an off-white, right? Yeah, because it's a neutral white. It's one that acts very similar to White Dove and then it has very much equal parts of yellow and gray so it can go with just about any color when we're talking about white for trim. This is a perfect go-to because it's not going to lean in any direction. All right, so that's Steam Pick another one or two that you want to highlight. Quiet Moments has been a favorite of mine for a long time. And Ever it's... since you started working with me, you kept one and more and more <laughs> quiet moments, right? Yeah. We don't no, have a lot of quiet you. moments, do we? <laughs> no. I never shut up, do I? That's why you're on the radio. Does it drive yeah. you nuts sometimes? We're way off topic, but I'm curious. Oh. <laughs> I can tell you the answer is yes. <laughs> I I've to... had friends in the past where I would uh, go on road trips with them, and I would say, okay, uh, let's play the quiet game. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to that point We yet. haven't. See, so that's how you know that we're okay. All right. Yeah. So quiet moments as a color. Yes. It's a blue, but it has like a hint of green and gray in it, so it feels very tranquil. I think it's a perfect bedroom color. Okay. One more. We got time for one more. Wildflower is kind of a wild card of the palette. And it's like a red that has a little bit of pink and orange in it. So it's kind of muted a little, but it's different. And I think it'd be a really fun front door color. Okay. So we've got, that was Wildflower, Quiet Moment, Steam. There's what, 10 other colors? You said there's yep. 13 total. And that's including October Mist, right? 14 including okay. October Mist. 14 including October Mist. They're not all meant to be working together necessarily. They can. They can. But you can but you mix and match, do whatever you want to do with them. It's just an interesting thing to look at. You know, the Benjamin Moore's Color Trends, we've got a link in the show notes if you want to check it out digitally. If yes. you want to go to any of our stores, we've got the little brochure where you can actually see great pictures of different rooms. Might inspire you to get moving in another direction that maybe you haven't visited before. Yeah, and I used a lot of these colors in our current color palette that's on Instagram right now, and it's in the stores, so it's just another kind of grouping to look at. All right, so Benjamin Moore's Color of the Year 2022, October Mist. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about tablescapes, centerpieces, for those of you not in the know, <laughs> like me. That's all coming up just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. 
on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and it's time to talk about tablescapes slash centerpieces, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and basically, it could be used on a mantle. Well, yeah, I think that the same rules apply to shelves that you're doing, a narrow hallway table, the mantle. We've wanted to talk about decorating mantles for a while now, well, and I think know, this is uh, the perfect way. I have wanted to talk about that, and I have talked about that, but I still haven't felt like I've gotten my answers yet. <laughs> I struggle. I have a great mantle. Yeah. You've seen it. You do have a good And now mantle. we painted the fireplace brick white. So now it's even better. It's even better, but I'm still stuck on making that look different every year. Right. I'm sick of doing the same stupid thing over and over again. That's fair. And yeah, I'm just, I struggle to get the inspiration and get going with it. So you pitched this idea and I thought it was great. And after a while. After a while. Right. Yeah. I well, always have to be convinced. First it sounds a little foo-foo. It, like, really? A tablescape? It does. Because the word tablescape is pretty pretentious. It is. <laughs> and I had to dig into what that exactly meant without tipping my hand that I was that ignorant. And it's it's just the fancy way. It, We're fact, decorating the table. Exactly. So I dug into it a little bit to try to get some ideas mm-hmm. so that I could bring something to the conversation. And I was really frustrated with the articles I found because basically what I found tons of was here's a picture of what I did, somebody says, and I'm going to tell you the four steps to do exactly what I did. Get four pumpkins, two of these, a couple of sprigs of this, and put it in a bowl that looks like this. I don't want to duplicate somebody else's something. Right. Unless it's really They're not really giving you the tools to figure out how to make your own. I want to know how to fish. I don't just want to be spoon-fed a fish. (laughs) So that's what I tasked you with, helping us learn how to fish. Most importantly, helping me learn how to fish in this regard. So help me, Haley. I know you pulled together a number of different things. The first one is what? That I've got to focus on. The first thing you've really got to decide on is your theme or the color scheme, at least. Okay. So I could see you doing like a vintage holiday book theme yeah 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 i'm, I'm kind of booky damn. like that mm-hmm. intellectual <laughs> right so Rugged. it's really just like giving you direction if it's okay. a thanksgiving table setting that we're making or we're decorating for christmas you've got some basic themes that you can probably think of right away um, but then it's really deciding in your color scheme within that or maybe there's not an obvious theme and you're just focused on colors that you like now are these colors something that i've already got going on in the home it or could can be. I, okay. Do I introduce new stuff? Can I? Yeah. Because I think if you're doing a Thanksgiving theme, you probably want to bring in some like oranges or, you know, fall colors. And you might not have fall colors in the room already. Okay. That's okay. So I'm getting how many colors? Two, three? I think three is reasonable. Is an idea. Yep. And a loose idea or a, or a pretty solid idea of my theme. Which one? Yes. It's got to be solid? I think... It could be loose at this point, because when you're out looking for these things, you might get inspired, too. That's what I guess I was hoping you were going to say, because, yeah. yes, I'm going to solidify the theme as I'm looking. I might even change gears. Right. But having that I theme, okay. at least as an idea to start, gets me moving, and that's the most important part. So the yeah. first step, get my colors, get a loose idea for my theme. Then what am I doing? Now you're going to go in search of the things to fill the table. Okay. So that's kind of broken up into three categories, I think. And the first one is natural elements. And that could be 
real natural, like pumpkins, flowers, dried flowers. Like literal real things. Or it Can could it be, fake? be fake natural. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like fake flowers or... Well, let me tell you, the fake plants that I do have at home are thriving. I've got yeah, a couple of <laughs> technically I'm making the air quotes living plants that I'm I think they're transitioning to the afterlife Maybe, because yeah. they're not doing so good. But it is OK if I use fake stuff. Right. Because I think you've got to consider the situation. If this is a tablescape that you're going to make work for both Thanksgiving and Christmas, I think you're, you're going to be hard pressed to get a plant that's going to stay on the table and look beautiful sure. throughout all of that. OK. So it really depends on what your plan is, I suppose. Even when you're looking for flowers that are real or fake, there's a good rule of thumb, and that's just keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to create a really complicated floral arrangement, just pick a couple flowers and repeat. So use multiples instead of trying to get a bunch of different kinds. Okay. So that'll simplify it. I don't have to make this beautiful arrangement. Exactly. I just get these things and tuck them in. Yep. All right. That'll save a lot of time, I would well, think. Well, it saves Save you time, money. money, and it allows the other elements that you're going to gather to kind of share the stage with these things. And it keeps the color scheme on track, too. Okay. So. All right. I like that. So natural elements, bring some of those things in. What's another one? The next thing is candles. I think candles are really important to creating the mood. And again, we kind of go real or fake here. Okay. Oh, <laughs> fake candles. The little battery-powered ones? Yeah, because I think... You're not going to start a fire that if way. If you've got kids, you know, maybe it's not the most practical thing to have a bunch of tapered candles maybe, that look very elegant on the maybe table. Maybe it's not the most practical. <laughs> Let me tell you, Haley, it's not. It's not. Well, maybe they're not sitting at the table. Who knows? You know? <laughs> candles with kids. That's definitely not practical. But I can use the little battery powered yes, ones. Yes. I think those are a good replacement option. Okay. And they make ones that flicker now. Well, I, mean, I there's actually options. have some for some games that we play where we set up all these candles and stuff and it kind of creates the ambiance and the mood and they do look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that that will work. So what other things with candles? I would assume that you cannot go with scented candles. You've no. got to avoid that like yeah. the plague, right? Yeah, because you're eating around these candles. It's really distracting. It like ruins the palate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could be really terrible depending on what scent you chose. I would think any scent at particular times that overpowering, you know, that close to people. Yeah, because there's multiples. It's not just like one <laughs> candle. Now, maybe this is one of those ways if you struggle with long parties that just drag <laughs> out, maybe just get one of every scent you can find. Oh my gosh. Run can that. Everybody will be out in five minutes, 10 minutes. Tops. I guess there are pros and cons here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else with candles? But candles, we're looking for either taper candles, so like the long, skinny ones, sure. uh, votive candles, the little guys. Uh, are those the short, stubby ones? Yeah. So the short, stubby ones. Me candles. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a mix of these candles is even better. So that way you're creating a little bit of height variance and your eye is going to travel across the table and not just getting stuck at one level or at one spot. Now, you talked about candles themselves, but the candle holder has to play a part in that because if you're talking yeah. height, that, that determines a lot, right? Definitely. And I think if you're going with a taper candle especially, there's a lot of different options for the candlestick. 
whether it's material that we're talking about, because there's wood, glass, metal, stone, and there's a lot that could play into your theme or color scheme in that way. But also it's like the second half of the candle. I mean, this is what your eye is going to be looking at. Now, I had something interesting that I did with my mantle in the one year that I really thought I did a good job is I had all these different candlesticks that had all different um, feels to them, you know, mm-hmm. some were like a burnished bronze kind of because when that was popular, yeah. some looked really old, some were wood. And I had all this mix and I didn't want to buy new and I painted them all. Yeah. Like a silver. Yeah. And that worked perfectly. It was so cool because I had the variance of these different styles now. Right. And sizes and all of that. And yet the color united everything. Well, so. and I think you could do that with a lot of the things that we've talked about, too, whether it's the candlestick or, you know, even some of the fake plants or pumpkins. I can paint my fake plants. Yeah, I think. What are you talking about? Pumpkins, especially people are painting a lot right now because it does help kind of give you the fall theme because we know it's a pumpkin, but it conforms to the color scheme because they can paint it white. So well, and it's really interesting because you're expecting it to be a certain right. color and now it's a little bit jolty. Yeah, maybe it's like pink now and, and it looks I notice cool. everybody this is way off track, but yeah. they're all warty. Yeah. Like that's really cool. Like you had a bunch of pumpkins at pumpkins. your little open, your, your open house, your grand opening. For My your grand house. opening. <laughs> your housewarming party. And they were all warty. Yeah. That was intentional? Or did you just get the bottom of the barrel pumpkins? No, these are like special pumpkins. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the paint part of things. So candles. That was candles. really where we were at there in the candlesticks. Very sticks. important. What's the last thing that you're collecting? The last thing that we're looking for is the objects or accessories that are really going to help kind of flush out the theme or the color scheme that we're working with. So like we talked about your vintage holiday book theme, maybe. Yes. The books would be the accessories that we're looking for. And I think this is the most fun part of the whole tablescape process because, for me at least, I'm going to go like to thrift shops, antique stores in search of some of these things. It'd be very easy to go to a craft store and just gather these things that are pre-made for us. But I think the fun of it is really seeking out some of this stuff. Well, that's where the individuality can yeah. come in and you can really hone the theme by finding all these intricate and cr- and crazy unique items sometimes well, and that you can inspiring. bring it's inspiring. Exactly. Yeah. So I gather all of this stuff. We've got just a little bit left. We've got to put it together yet. Yes. And so now that you've got kind of your three categories of objects that you've gathered, because you've got your accessories, your candles, your candlesticks, and the natural elements. Mm-hmm. These are all together. You can lay them out on your table, but then start grouping them together in threes. You're always kind of working in threes with anything. Mm -hmm. The rule of thirds is super important. It's how we process visual information the best. It kind of carries our eye throughout it. So the thing to consider with groups of threes is varying the height and the color. You want contrast in anything that you're doing. If you chose blue as a color in your color scheme... Make sure it's not the same blue in all three items or else it's just going to blend together. And that's really interesting because it's counterintuitive for a lot of folks. Yeah. You know, we, I've we done try it, to match We things. try to get everything to match because that, that feels like now I've got something. And you're saying the opposite of that. Yes. You know, it can be slightly different blues. And what's, what makes that really work is it's so visually interesting. Right. Yeah. Like, let's say you had a bunch of brass that you had gathered um, for candlesticks and you also gathered brass objects. Now, hopefully your colors are contrasting enough where that's actually going to make 
these objects stand out against those candlesticks because that could all blend together really easily. So we really just want to make sure that we're contrasting both height and color and material. All those things should be contrasting on the table and helping your eye kind of travel the whole length or travel around the table. And like you said at the beginning, like we said, it can be used on mantelpieces, on bookshelves, bookshelves, long, narrow tables. You know, I've got a hallway table. That would be great. Exactly. These are all things to consider when you're doing any of this rule of thirds, contrast and those groups of threes. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about scams and how to (laughs) not get sucked into one. Yeah. That's all just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, the other day I'm tooling around the Facebook and I found a post about a scam that was running in Holland, actually. That actually took place, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago, October 28. 27, 27, something like that. That was the day of my housewarming party. Well, see, okay, so a little bit ago, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. But anyway, the scam was this, and the thing that I read was alerting us that this is going on. I'm going to give you a quick overview of what happened. It happened to two different people reported this, and I'm sure it happened to more right, people, yeah. but two reported it. And what happened with the first one is the person received a phone call with a caller ID showing the Social Security Administration. All right. Seems official. Yeah. And they're told by a Social Security agent (laughs) that there's an arrest warrant for them. But the good news is there's a fix for that problem. All you need to do is just go buy some gift cards and then get me, the Social Security agent, get me those gift card numbers and then the little codes on the back and everything's going to be just fine. Well, it's so weird. It is weird. The person on the phone thought it was weird and hung up. All right. Plans to report this. Yeah. It seems like it's it's obviously a scam. Right. Gets another phone call shortly after that. This time the caller ID shows the Holland Police Department. Wow. All right. Seems real again. Now he gets an officer, somebody claiming to be an officer, mm-hmm. let's be clear. Not an officer, a pretend officer, saying, Hey, you just hung up on the social security office. It's unacceptable. We want to fix this warrant for your arrest. You need to get those cards and get that person those numbers. (laughs) Right? Crazy. Well, so nuts. So nuts. That's one instance. Really happened a couple weeks ago. Same day, right around the same time, another victim receives a phone call. This time it was straight from, apparently, the Holland Police Department again. Mm -hmm. Caller ID shows that. Same story happens. Somebody pretending to be an officer tells the victim that she's a suspect now in several crimes. We're investigating. It's looking pretty bad for you, but there is a fix. All we need are gift cards. Gift cards and the numbers on the back, and we'll kind of just look the other way, so I guess. So bribing. I, okay. I'm sure there was more to it, but that was the gist just of it. Just bribe us, and it'll be fine. Sounds ridiculous and crazy, but in both instances, the victims actually did, according to the press release, purchase some gift cards and provide the specific details to the caller before realizing it was a scam. Well, it's amazing that we fall for these things. But we do. Yeah, they cost Organizations, governments, and individuals, I found out, trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars, Dan. That's so much money. It's more money than I can contemplate. And there's no crime that affects as many people as scams do. It's almost all ages, backgrounds. IQs. And, there's there's yeah. nothing about it. So if you're sitting right. there thinking, I'm too smart I'm too for smart. this. 
statistics don't bear that out. We all get caught from time to time or potentially. Yeah, and it's because they understand human behavior really well, so they can just manipulate anyone. And they do that using a number of different tactics. First off, they'll pretend to be from an organization that you know. You know, Often they'll claim to be from the government, from the Social Security Administration, the IRS. The bank, the yeah. local police department, a tech company. Whatever it is, they set themselves up as an authority figure or an expert in their field because they know that we have a natural tendency to obey authority figures. Well, and then they're going to prey on emotion, too, because they're either going to set up a problem or you've won something. So it's either going to be negative and you're going to be really afraid, or it's amazing and you've got to act on this to win the prize, right? Right. But what's really interesting is that they do that. They create that situation mm-hmm. and then they add in that there's this pressure to act immediately, yes, right? If exactly. you, you won the prize, but you've got to act now or you're going to jail tomorrow mm-hmm. unless you figure this out. And they do that because when we're pressured, of course, we don't think anything through. We don't take time to dig into anything. We don't research the story. We don't phone a friend yeah. to find out what do you think about this. We just want to get back psychologically. It's a human thing. We want to get back to feeling good or at peace, or we don't want to miss out yeah. on the big thing, well, the big break. Well, imagine that woman that thought she was going to get arrested. I mean, that's scary. Right. Of course she's going to do something. And so you make a poor decision, and they know that, and so they play on that. Well, and then they also tell you to pay in a very specific way, right? They ask you to transfer money. They ask you to buy gift cards or, you know, use cryptocurrency, wire money. Just that's one of the things to look out for. So that's what's going on. That's how they are successful. How do we avoid it? Some things to remember. Don't wire money, send cash, or use gift cards or cryptocurrency to pay somebody who says they're with a government entity. It just doesn't work that way. That's not how they're going to get money from us. Exactly. And don't give out your financial information or personal info to someone over the phone or text who's claiming to be from the government or financial institution or any organization. If you think it's real, it's okay to hang up on them and call back from a number you know is real. Right. Don't just hit redial. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's not going to help anything. Go look up the real number and then proceed through the channels. Ask your questions. Find out if this was really from them or not. Along those same lines, don't trust your caller ID. It's easy to fake. We saw that in those stories. The Holland Police Department showed up as the caller ID, but the phone call did not originate from them at all. Yeah, and same thing with email. If you think it's from, you know, Chase Bank, I've seen don't just trust it because it says Chase on it. Hover over the email address or click on it if it's Gmail and it'll actually show you the email address that it's really from and they're really easy to spot as fakes because it's not going to line up with the bank at all. Right. Most of the time that really jumps out at you. I had an interesting experience at work just this week. Same kind of thing. The um, accounting department emailed me, called me then because I didn't respond quick enough and they wondered about my request. Apparently they got an email from me asking them to change all of my direct deposit. direct deposit information to a new account. And they just said, hey, we just want to clarify, which account do you want that to go to again? And I said, what are you talking about? They were going to do it. They yeah. went back and they scanned the email address. And yeah, it wasn't originating. It looked like it was from me. Yeah, they can mask it. But then, yeah, when they hover over it, they see the real sending address. And it wasn't anywhere even remotely close to being from me. So double check those things. By all means, the biggest thing you can do is just stop. Pause, yeah. ask some questions. Don't let them pressure you right. into making a bad decision. Yeah, The scams are going on all the time. We've got to be on top of it. We've got to keep our loved ones on top of it. The older members of our family. The younger members of our family. Younger, like we said at the beginning, yeah. there is no group that automatically falls for this. We all can get suckered. We all got to be aware.
All right. It's all the time we got. But before we wrap this up, we do want to give away that stuff, the paint tools that we talked about at the beginning of the show. We've got a Pelican paint pail. The liners for it. Liners for it. We've got a great brush. Pour spouts for the paint can. Definitely something to get if you do a lot of painting or if you've got a project coming up. It's about $25 worth of stuff. Yeah, super We're giving away two of them. And we're going to give those away to emailer number 14 and number 27. You just have to email radio at repcolite.com, number 14 and 27. You'll be the winners, and you'll know, well, as soon as I get those emails, I'll let you know. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hanson. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.